0: Chapter six of Days with Sir Roger de Coverley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Days with Sir Roger de Coverley by Joseph Addison and Richard Steele. Chapter six. The Chase. Those who have searched into human nature observe that nothing so much shews the nobleness of the soul as that its facility consists in action every man has such an active principle in him that he will find out something to employ himself upon in whatever place or state of life he is posted i have heard of a gentleman who was under close confinement in the bastile seven years during which time he amused himself in scattering a few small pines about his chamber gathering them up again and placing them in different figures on the arm of a great chair he often told his friends afterwards that unless he found out this piece of exercise he verily believed he should have lost his senses after what has been said i need not inform my readers that sir roger with whose character i hope they are at present pretty well acquainted had in his youth gone through the whole course of those rural diversions which the country abounds in, and which seem to be extremely well suited to that laborious industry a man may observe here in a far greater degree than in towns and cities. I have before hinted at some of my friend's exploits. He had in his youthful days taken forty cavays of partridges in a season, and tried many a salmon with a line consisting but of a single hair the constant thanks and good wishes of the neighbourhood always attended him on account of his remarkable enmity towards foxes having destroyed more of those vermin in one year that it was thought the whole country would, could have produced indeed the knight does not scruple to own among his most eminent friends that in order to establish his reputation this way he has secretly sent for great numbers of them out of other countries which he used to turn loose about the country by night that he might the better signalize himself in their destruction the next day his hunting-horses were the finest and best managed in all these parts his tenants are still full of the praises of a greystone horse that unhappy staked himself several years since and was buried with great solemnity in the orchard sir roger being at present too old for fox-hunting to keep himself in action has disposed of his beagles and got a pack of hounds. with these in speed he endeavours to make amends for by the deepness of their mouths and the variety of their notes which are suited in such manner to each other that the whole cry makes up a complete concert he is so nice in this particular that a gentleman having made him a present of a very fine hound the other day the knight returned it by this servant with a great many expressions of civility but desired him to tell his master that the dog he had sent was indeed a most excellent bass, and that at present he only wanted a counter-tenor. Could I believe my friend had ever read Shakespeare? I should certainly conclude he had taken the hint from Theseus in The Midsummer Night's Dream. My hounds are bred out of the Spartan kind, so fluid, so sanded, and their heads are hung, with ears that sweep away the morning dew crook-heeded and dew-lapped like thessalian bulls slow in pursuit and matched in mouths like bells each under each a cry more tunable was never hollowed to nor cheated with horn sir roger is so keen at this sport that he has been out almost every day since i came down and upon the chaplain's offering to lend me his easy pad I was prevailed on yesterday morning to make one of the company. I was extremely pleased, as we read along, to observe the general benevolence of all the neighborhood towards my friend. The farmer's sons thought themselves happy if they could open a gate for the good old knight as he passed by, which he generally requited with a nod or a smile, and a kind of inquiry after their fathers and uncles. After we had rid about a mile from home, we came upon a large heath, and the sportsmen began to beat. They had done so for some time, when, as I was at a little distance from the rest of the company, I saw hare pop out from a small furze-brake almost under my horse's feet. I marked the way she took, which I endeavored to make the company sensible of my extending my arms, but to no propose till sir roger who knows that none of my extraordinary motions are insignificant rode up to me and asked me if puss was gone that way upon my answering yes he immediately called in the dogs and put them upon the scent as they were going off i heard one of the country fellows muttering to his companion that twas a wonder they had not lost all their sport for want of the silent gentleman's crying stole away this with my aversion to leaping hedges made me withdraw to a raising ground from whence i could have the pleasure of the whole chase without the fatigue of keeping in with the hounds the hare immediately threw them above a mile behind her but i was pleased to find that instead of running straight forwards or in hunter's language flying the country as I was afraid she might have done, she wheeled about and described a sort of circle round the hill, where I had taken my station, in such manner as gave me a very distinct view of the sport. I could see her first pass by, and the dog some time afterwards unraveling the whole track she had made, and following her through all her doubles. I was at the same time delighted in observing that difference which— the rest of the pack paid to each particular hound according to the character he had acquired amongst them if they were at fault and an old hound of reputation opened but once he was immediately followed by the whole cry while a raw dog or one who was a noted liar must have yelped his heart out without being taken notice of the hare now after having squatted two or three times had been put up again as often came still nearer to the place where she was at first started the dogs pursued her and these were followed by the jolly knight who rode upon a white gelding encompassed by his tenants and servants and cheering his hounds with all the gaiety of five-and-twenty one of the sportsmen rode up to me and told me that he was sure the chase was almost at an end because the old dogs which had hitherto lain behind now headed for the pack the fellow was in the right our hare took a large field just under us followed by the full cry in view I must confess the brightness of the weather, the cheerfulness of everything around me, the chiding of the hounds, which was returned upon as in a double echo from two neighboring hills, with the hollowing of the sportsman and the sounding of the horn, lifted my spirits into a most lively pleasure, which I freely indulged, because I was sure it was innocent if i was under any concern it was on the account of the poor hare that was now quite spent and almost within the reach of her enemies when the huntsman getting forward threw down his pole before the dogs which were now eight yards of that game which they had been pursuing for almost as many hours Yet, on the signal before mentioned, they all made a sudden stand, and though they continued opening as much as before, Durst had not once attempted to pass beyond the pole. At the same time, Sir Roger rode forward, and alighting, took up the hare in his arms, which he soon delivered to one of his servants, with an order, if she be kept alive to let her go in his great orchard where it seems he has several of those prisoners of war who live together in a very comfortable captivity i was highly pleased to see the discipline of the pack and the good nature of the knight who could not find in his heart to murder a creature that had given him so much diversion as we were returning home i remembered that monsieur in his most excellent discourse of the misery of man tells us that all our endeavours are after greatness proceed from nothing but a desire of being surrounded by a multitude of persons and affairs that may hinder us from looking into ourselves which is a view we cannot bear He afterwards goes on to show that our love of sports comes from the same reason, and is particularly severe upon hunting. What, says he, unless it be too drawn thought, can make men throw away so much time and pains upon a silly animal, which they thought they might buy cheaper in the market? the foregoing reflection is certainly just when a man suffers his whole mind to be drawn into his sports and altogether loses himself in the woods that does not affect those who propose a far more laudable end for this exercise i mean the preservation of health and keeping all the organs of the soul in a condition to execute her orders had that incomparable person whom i last quoted been a little more indulgent to himself in this point the world might probably have enjoyed him much longer whereas through too great an application to his studies in his youth he contracted that ill habit of body which after a tedious sickness carried him off in the fortieth year of his age and the whole history we have of his life till that time is but one continued account of the behaviour of the noble soul struggling under innumerable pains and distempers For my own part i intend to hunt twice a week during my stay with sir roger and to prescribe the moderate use of this exercise to all my country friends as the best kind of physic for mending a bad constitution and preserving a good one i cannot do this better than in the following lines out of mr dryden the first physicians by debauch were made excess began and sloth sustains the trade by chance our long-lived fathers earned their food toil strung the nerves and purified the blood but we their sons a pampered race of men are dwindled down to three score years of ten better to hunt in fields for health unbought than fee the doctor for a nauseous draught the wise for cure on exercise depend god made his work for man to mend End of chapter 6 Read by Elijah Fisher